This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant tout bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pas de penser que c'est ton si bon miel qui m'a ta poil goûter. This is One Night Stand. Brought to you by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, night fans? It's Wednesday, November 18th. On today's show, oh, I think I've given up on the Heisman race, but we do have a new way to save the season. Beat Cincy. We unravel the Temple game. It was a weird one, so we talk about that. Uh, A little Cincy preview, obviously. Possibly the biggest upset ever in the bounce house little news with kz some big news meanwhile to the west like always money moves picks moves mailbag and speaking of i'm here with money move ucf welcome the temple owls into the bounce house for its second home game of the year the knights wasted no time building on their latest defensive success when Eric Gilliard's strip sack on the second play of the game led to a Greg McRae touchdown. Soon, it was 21 to nothing before you could say Rocky Balboa. Easiest win of the year in a very ho-hum game. Dylan Gabriel sitting out the fourth quarter, and the Knights still rolled 38-13. to Probably the most complete game we've played all year, and the touchdown we gave up was off of a Bentavious fumble in temple's red zone so they really didn't score besides a couple field goals um great game all around although you know we started off you know two great turnovers from the defense who's been lights out these last two weeks turned into 22 and 27 yard touchdown drives quick then we got the ball back and had a nice 65 yard touchdown drive to make it 21 nothing and then the next four drives, punt, 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 miss field goal. Uh, not I mean, a, clearly the ga- clearly the gas pedal came off in only a fashion that Josh Heupel can do. Well, and not I mean, it, 20, go ahead. I mean twenty-one and nothing, and we learned soon before the game started that Temple's quarterback and second-string quarterback and leading receiver all we're not going to be in the game. So I think coach heard that and just, we got up 21 to nothing in like six minutes, seven minutes. And yeah, he pretty much just decided to coast. not really do anything. Coast. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, you know, the second half we came out slinging again, it just, we kind of slowed down a little bit, which I guess is bound to happen when you come out so hot. Also there, you know, there were a couple drop passes, uh, Harris, you know, it might have been overthrown a little bit, whatever. Um, Marlon dropped an easy touchdown. Uh, The DG for Heisman campaign, unfortunately, folks, has come to an end. It's down to uh, Kyle Trask, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, and Mac Jones. Just unfortunately, I mean, he's up there in the numbers, but when you're not in the national rankings, you're not even even in the conversation. But we are in the conversation with a top 10 matchup in the bounce house, possibly the biggest upset 
ever in the bounce house. Big revenge game next week against Cincinnati, which we will talk about, but I'm very excited about that. Um, some other things from the game. Obarski, oof. Man, when he misses, he doesn't <laughs> is just... First... <laughs> is that his first name now? Oof Obarski. <laughs> <laughs> when... Look, I mean, the kid's got a leg, obviously. But, like, when he misses, they're not just like, oh, he missed it, like, he misaligned. It's like, he just shanks it. But what do you do? And everyone wants to bash him. I'm like, look, we got to give this guy our full confidence because we're not, we have no other kicker right now. Like, we can't change it. So you might as well back the guy. Don't bash him on social media. Um, kicking's a tough job, you know? You practice all week to maybe get your number called once or twice, and everyone's looking at you to perform. And, I mean, there's a reason that – look at the NFL. Half the kickers aren't even that good for the most part. The, the teams are always going through them. So so it's definitely not easy. So let, let's cut him some slack. But uh, I don't think he's the long-term solution. Great kickoff specialist, though. I, I wouldn't go that far saying he's, like, not the long-term solution. But, I, I mean, you just – you got to be ready. I don't know. It just seems like – We've had such great luck in the past, you know, 10 plus years with kickers, and maybe we've been spoiled. Um, we were spoiled with Moffat and then with Matthew Wright. We were very spoiled. I can't believe either of those guys aren't in the NFL. Yeah, it's just, I don't know what else to say other than I think, you know, this Shanty game, unfortunately, is going to come down to a field goal. And we'll go for it. Be, it's either going to be Obarski or whoever the Cincinnati kicker is. Oof, man, going through. So the Cincy game was like, I guess, a year ago or something like that. And I was just going through all my old pictures and stuff. Uh, I had such a great time there in the less than 24 hours I was there in Cincinnati. But. Uh, one of the cool videos I had was storming the field after the game. Um, it really sucked that we lost, but hey, I got to storm the field, and uh, that was kind of neat. Also, Otis, why did you storm the field? Well, what am I gonna do? Sit there? <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just ran around taking video. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, totally. Just ditched the girl that I flew up there with. I'm like, hey, I'm just going to go run around like an idiot. I don't know. You know, it was a big deal for them, and I, I wanted to take part in it. Um, All right, so back back to the kicking real quick. I had to look this up. Cincinnati's kicker, Cole Smith, has only attempted three field goals the entire season. That's pretty crazy. If this game's going to come down to a field goal, well, I think the pressure could be on... They haven't had to kick field goals. They win every game. Every game's a blowout. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is obviously their toughest yeah. matchup of the year. Could come down to a kicking game. Give me Obarski, who's been in the moment. I, you know, I don't know. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Um, so, so some other. Let's wrap up some some other thoughts from the game, and then we'll move on to Cincy because clearly, this is the season. Next week. So we're going to have a lot to talk about that. Um, like I said earlier, the D played lights out. The only touchdown was that fumble in garbage time. 
Um, the linebackers still number two in the country in turnover margin at plus eleven. That's good. That's good. As you've mentioned before, though, that's luck that's likely to be reversed. Or have you changed your stance on this? I mean, it's fifty turnover regression. Luck. You know, they've said. I, I read a bunch of the college football preview books. They always say, you know, the teams that are highest in the turnover margin usually regress in the season before. Well, they've been saying that about us for like three or four years. And just and happening. Yeah. To be, um, you know, so that tells me that it's not just luck and that we're a ball hawking defense. Look at the first turnover that, Temple had just took it right away from him. He straight up took the ball away. And I continue to say, you know, there's difference between turnovers and takeaways. We accumulate takeaways. We don't get turnovers. Right. That's not the ball just didn't flap out. But also there's another half to turnover margin. And that's not making a lot of turnovers. Our ball security has always been great. And we've always had quarterbacks that make great decisions. So I think all three of those combined are the reason that we're always a national leader in turnover margin. So it's not just luck. Right. And Dylan, I mean, being a sophomore, two picks the whole year. I mean, there's plenty of quarterbacks that throw two picks in a game. That two picks in the whole year with how much we actually pass the ball. That too. And we take like risky deep shots and stuff too. And yeah, you know, a lot of those little, like dump offs. Oh, and a lot of those quick little screen passes where if you know it's coming, you can jump it for, for a pick six really quick too. So yeah, definitely. Uh, DG is really good. One thing I've noticed is he's really getting comfortable moving out of the pocket, scrambling, and kind of like making plays on his own. Whereas he would be really quick before to just throw the ball away. Now he'll scramble, look for the open receiver. It's happened a few times in a row. Actually, how about that play of Marlon Williams? Uh, I know I know, you know what I'm talking about, like rumbling, bumbling, stumbling. <laughs> he <laughs> he was... just refuses to go down. Yeah, and then I think right after that, unfortunately, he dropped a touchdown. But, hey, it happens to the best of us, so what can you say? Um, My favorite play of the game, and I have no idea why they've never run this before, and knowing Heupel, he'll probably never run it again, is the 70-yard little pop pass from to Jalen Robinson. I mean – what wheels this kid has, we already knew that, but to use him in a way where, you know, you go back to saying like if Frost was our coach, we would see that play all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Hypo's a, a mysterious, uh, mysterious being, but you know what? You bring up Frost. Let's talk about this because earlier this week, Frost was quoted saying that Mackenzie Milton would have a spot on his coaching staff if he wanted. Now, this isn't really news. People are just looking for clickbait. This was stated four years ago when Frost left and McKenzie before he even got hurt. But it brings up an interesting discussion because we're at a point now. McKenzie's healthy. He's cleared to play. He's not dressing for one reason or another, which is weird because our backup Quadri Jones doesn't have that much experience, so you would think he should dress 
so we have, you know, a serviceable backup. But he's not. And it makes you wonder, what's going on behind the scenes? What's going to happen at USF? Is he going to take that final kneel down? I'm actually going to apply some pressure on him, too. Actually, the best way to do that is through his mom. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna tell his mom to tell him to do that. No, but seriously, what do you what think? What do you think it means? I think it. I think actions speak louder than words. Is all I'm gonna say. And there's a reason he's not suited up. I don't know why, but he should be. I, I don't know. I think he might be cleared to play, but it's like, why risk it? Risk what? He's going to come back next year. Oh, I get what you're saying. Like, stake. Why suit up as a backup? Probably don't even play when you can, you know, transfer somewhere else and start. I get what you're saying. So, where does he transfer? I mean, crap. There's like maybe 10 colleges have like a solid starting quarterback. So, he won't have a, uh, a lack of suitors, to say the least. Well, now you look, I watched that Nebraska game last week and Frost, for one reason or another, I think he benched Adrian Martinez, who was his, you know, project guy. That was his like five-star blue chip recruit. Yeah. For this other kid. And this other kid comes in and starts lighting it up and he's a freshman. So I don't know. I mean, you could have a reason why he could transfer to all 120 something odd you know, other schools. You're just going to have to wait and see what happens. I just, I personally don't think he's going to transfer. I think it's a big, you know, he's not suiting up because I don't think he's ready to play. He might've been cleared to play, but that doesn't mean he's healthy. Dude, he's healthy. I'm telling you he's healthy. He's running the scout team. He's fine, dude. He's 100% fine. I don't think he's going to stay. But here's what I do. I know this for a fact. He does not know right now what he's going to do. He really doesn't know. He he does not have his mind made up one way or another. I'm just going to say that. And that's from a verified source. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll trust you on that one. We'll leave everybody hanging. But, you know, seriously, though, I want what's best. We We talked about this last show. Players first. I want what's best for McKenzie. And as much as I want him to stay and to help DG grow and progress, it's best for McKenzie for him to go somewhere else where he can get playing time. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, you know, another thing, I mean, and we kind of touched on this last week too. If something happens to DG, we don't have Mac anymore. Yeah. We, we have no one with experience. So... And Quadri honestly wasn't that impressive in the fourth quarter. Well, let's talk me. about this, though. I mean, you throw Quadri in. Let's get him some, you know, game time experience. And I think the first five plays we ran with him were run, 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 fumble, run, run. Like, if you're going to put him in, let him run the offense. So in yeah. case we have to actually use him, he has some experience running the offense, not just handing the ball off. I don't know. You know, Hypo gets paid a lot more than I do, but at least for me, it's not like we're running up the score. We have a backup quarterback that has one pass attempt in his life. 
why not try and let him run the offense? We had plenty of time left on the clock. I think he was in the whole fourth quarter. I don't know. It's above my pay grade. What can I say? <laughs> All right. We're putting Temple behind us. What more to talk about? It was of- a win. Yeah. What else should we talk about since then moving forward? 3.30 kickoff. Perfect time. Weather's going to be beautiful. No college game day, unfortunately. Um, since he looked good last week, I don't know if you watched that game. Yeah, yeah, they did. They continue to make me eat my words every week when I say that they're not for real. And- Luke Fickle might be a, uh, I don't know, we don't a have pickle. a word for it yet. <laughs> a a, a one night stander, a standee, a stand, a stand, a stander. I don't know. He might listen to the show because every week you say, you know, Ritter's not legit. Comes out, has a great game. Fickle's not that good. Oh, they run a fake punt up 28 for like 40 yeah. yards. They're like, eat your words, Moon. Um, it, it doesn't really make sense to me. I So their defense is good. Yeah, they don't give up a lot of points. One thing that makes me kind of nervous about the game is – Desmond Ritter has gotten a lot better at, you know, scrambling, coming out of the pocket, and getting downfield. That kill uh, that absolutely kills us. We cannot defend mobile quarterbacks. We are terrible at defending that. Every game this year, whether it been East Carolina, that quarterback Holt Nailers is running all over the place. Holt Nailers, so the, oh, the guy freaking, uh, what was he front squatting a ooh a thirty five pound cinder block? Whoop de doo. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Clayton Toon of Houston ran all over us. It just—it's our style of defense. Since we've lost Shaquem Griffin and went from the three-four to the four-three, we're just not the same against mobile quarterbacks. We don't have that Shaquem type guy to go. I know, get after but the if quarterback. we know it's coming, we have to adjust, and it just doesn't seem like we ever adjust. Well, I, who do who do you put on him though? I mean, you know, honestly, some of our younger cornerbacks, Maxwell and Thornton, actually played pretty well last game, but they hadn't had the best season so far. It's not like we have extra men on the field to just spy the quarterback. Is the problem? You're pretty much taking one person out of coverage, which is a big deal in order to spy the quarterback. And when your coverage isn't that good, you can't take one guy off of him because then that makes the quarterback even more uh, susceptible to, you know, throw passes downfield. It's almost like you want him to run rather than complete a big pass, I guess, is what I'm saying. No, I understand. I think the way to get around it is by putting pressure on the quarterback and actually getting to him. It's a huge risk, but it did end up working, you know, more towards the latter half of the first half against Houston. We were able to get some inside pressure on Clayton Toon. But I mean, basically, that's what it comes down to. Like, if we don't get pressure on Ritter, he starts to make some mistakes, you know, the defense is going to take advantage of those opportunities but we can't make that many mistakes against cincinnati this is not like other games i'm freaking hyped man you're coming right no (laughs) unfortunately i cannot come to the game it sucks really bad 
Moo. I have to work. I have to oh, work. Oh, because the, the thanks. All right. So for for anyone that's new here, I will come up to Moo's defense because he gets Thanksgiving off, and it's also a huge beer sales week. He's forced to work the weekend before. Am I right? So did I get that yeah. right? Yeah. And there's literally nothing you can do because it's one of the biggest sales weeks of the year. Well, I was able to get off two years ago because it was the same weekend before Thanksgiving to be able to go to that Cincy game with game day. Um, that was worth year, it then. That I was worth make it. it. I am, however, going to make it up to everybody, and I will be at the USF game on Friday. So we'll see everybody there. <laughs> If that game even happens, hopefully, <laughs> dude, they have literally. This is from an inside source. They have sixty-three players at practice. There's over a hundred on their roster. They they All have right, like so a thirty eleven. They have like on a th- one side. They have like a thirty percent COVID rate. You got eleven on one side, eleven on the other. A couple special teams people. I I wouldn't be surprised if this game gets forfeited. Honestly, they're what they're one and fine. seven, one and eight. Trust me, I don't want it to be forfeited. I'd love to go there and beat the brakes off of them. I think that evens the all-time score, but I'm just saying it's not. It's trending downward, to say the least. But dude, we would never, ever let them live this down if they cancel the game. Oh no, 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 for sure. That's it's crap talking for life. Um, but let's go back to Cincy though. So I just bought a stadium club ticket. We've got a wedding Friday. Then I'm going to, in New Smyrna Beach, and then going to slide over to the game Saturday. Still no tailgating. Probably a good thing. I'm actually doing sober football games from now on. I've decided that's probably for everyone's best interest. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But um, You won't lose any of the hype, though. There will actually be more hype. Yeah. No, all the the hype will be there. But, um, guys... If you can go to this game, please go to this game. We need every single person in attendance that can be there to make noise and support this team. This is such a huge game. This will resurrect our season. It will be the biggest upset ever. And it's a revenge game on Cincinnati who screwed up our season last year. What more could you ask for? And these guys, like I've said before, well, besides some of the guys, most of them have been in isolation and are really sacrificing their lives and their social lives to play for this football team, to go out there on Saturdays and play for us for entertainment. So the least you can do is go out there and support them and be loud. And this is big. This is the number seven team in the nation. Maybe we'll get an AP vote ranking. We'll be maybe we'll get an AP vote in the rankings after this if we win. Just maybe, because uh, we still haven't yet. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> so with Cincinnati being favored by five and a half points, if we win, this will be the biggest upset that UCF will have in the bounce house. Um, not a normal role. That UCF is playing here. This is actually their first regular season underdog role for for the team since week two when we played at Maryland, 2017. We were plus four 
and we ended up winning 38 to 10. I was there. Ooh, am I sensing a trend? So rare form here for the Knights being underdogs in the regular season. Well, especially especially last- at home too. I mean, this remind. I mean, what, what was Texas when we played them in the opening game? Number six. Now that was a whole different college football landscape then. Number six Texas was a lot better than number seven Cincy. But at the end of the day, a top seven win or matchup is a top seven matchup, especially when it's a conference rival. Division, former division rival, and a revenge game from last year. Because we still could have made an NY6 if we had won out after the pit loss. Cincinnati ended that. And I don't know, man. There's going to be a lot of Skyline Chili floating up in the air after we beat them. I'm just saying. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I might have to make a sign. I don't know what actually I really like Skyline Chili. Uh it didn't like me. And don't eat it within twenty four hours of flying on an airplane or being in like any close quarters yeah, with other that's people. What was, <laughs> that's what I was thinking. But it's del- so, it's delicious though. I mean just think anyway. Chili's good. Spaghetti, good. Sauce, good. You mix it all together, it's delicious. Anyway, what, what were we saying? Moving on, we're going to go to the latest bowl projections for various websites. For UCF, after this week, a couple of them saying UCF versus 8-0 Liberty in the Boca Raton Bowl. Oh. Could be interesting. <laughs> no. What, an FCS team? Aren't they ranked? Well, Liberty's Division One, and they're actually pretty good. I mean, they're top 20. Oh, who's their best win? Old Virginia Div- Tech. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I think. I'm pretty sure they beat Virginia Tech. Well, they got NC State this week. We just beat NC fucking State. For those of you who don't know, that was the first game that we watched as UCF students. Uh, we watched it at, what was it, like a Friendly Confines or something? All right, so here's who they've beaten. They've beaten Virginia Tech at Virginia Tech. They beat Syracuse, FIU, Western Kentucky, and then a couple other scrubs. I mean, that's but not that's not bad. showdown of the year is going to be the last game of the year where they play at Coastal Carolina. Oh yeah, everyone's been looking for that. Can't even find tickets. Well, that that I mean, if they continue to win, that could be a top fifteen matchup between Liberty and Coastal <laughs> Carolina. Twenty is a different beast, man. I'll tell you what. What are the other bowl projections you've seen? Uh, they have UCF against Louisville or Virginia in the Gasparilla Bowl. So a couple of ACC. I'm, Power five foes. I'd be down for that. I'm all in on the Gasparilla Bowl. Like I said last week, it sucked when we had it three out of four years, but it's been so long. I think we're due for a reunion with the giant piece of concrete that's very ugly eyesore in, in St. Petersburg. It'll be fun, though. St. Pete's a really cool place. And then my favorite of all three 
the Birmingham Bowl. Yes. Because we'll be playing a bottom feeder SEC team, either Mizzou or South Carolina. Wait, wait, wait. All right, so Mizzou, the Josh Heupel revenge game. What about Ole Miss, though? What happened to them? It could be Ole Miss, too. We need it's o- gonna be we like, need Ole Miss. It's going to be like a mid-tier, bottom-tier SEC team. Love it. For the Birmingham Bulls, so Love I it. like that. How do you even get to Birmingham? Like, <laughs> I mean, you have to drive. <laughs> they don't. They probably don't have don't an airport. They have a big airport. <laughs> you got to. I mean, take... it's probably not that far. Like, no, I think Birmingham's I mean, like. like five, six I, I think Birmingham is at like the top of Alabama. I'm pretty sure. Like, it might be quicker to fly to Memphis and take an Uber or something. Oh, all right. This know, is uh, Sean's very bad at geography segment because I was incorrect. <laughs> Take an one. Uber from Memphis. <laughs> I don't think you're ever going to go back to Memphis for the rest of your life. I don't think I'm allowed back in Memphis. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Uh, all right. So, wow. Birmingham. It's actually worse than anything. It's in the direct, direct center of Alabama. Equally distant from everything. At- Atlanta, Nashville's a little bit further. It's literally Memphis. Memphis is a yeah. It's like equidistant from Memphis, Nashville, and Atlanta's a little bit closer. So that's not good. Uh, All right. So I guess you're driving. Anyway, those are the bold projections. We'll go on on to the next one. <clears throat> Let's uh let's announce the winner of our first watch fresh take touchdown challenge. And this was this our f- this was our first right on the money moo winner. Congratulations to TJ Brown with the correct the absolute 100% correct guess of Greg McRae for 7 yards. There was a ton of people that were close. So, James they, Reed, uh, JLR James had Reed. eight. Oh, I was so disappointed. I wanted him to win. A couple people had nine. I, of course, correctly picked Greg McRae for, I think I'm three for four. On the score? On the, on the, sco- on the score, I had the one-yard touchdown after the inev- inevitable you know, three runs up the middle on first and goal. <laughs> but classic, uh classic hype yeah so anyway congrats tj i sent out your gift card two days ago so it should already be there uh let's go to projected lines for the rest of the season this tweet gets shorter every week uh but make sure you follow me on twitter at money ucf to see the projected betting lines for all of our opponents for the entire year so the rest of the year there's only one game we have usf and right now the projected line is ucf to be favored by 27 uh last week i said cincinnati would be favored by one and a half and it actually opened at uh, Cincinnati minus three and a half. So it was pretty close, but apparently the better saw some value on Cincy because it's now up to five and a half. And the money line's plus 180. I'm putting like, I don't know, 500 bucks on it. Screw it. So that means we're probably going to 
not cover. <laughs> well, I'll get to that maybe in the pitch. Oh, interesting. All right, real quick, built by UCF update. Matt Prater has got to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Game-winning 59-yard field goal. He is now 22 for 22 for game-winning or tying field goals in the fourth quarter in the NFL. That's absolutely insane. When you figure with less than two minutes left. With, yeah, with less than two minutes left. With the game on the line. Think about just this. Straight up, Mr. Clutch, dude. The average NFL kicker, just every kicker overall, is 70%. Matt Prater, with the game on the line in less than two minutes, is 100%. You might as well just give him a gold jacket. Math. <laughs> Wait, what? I said math. 22 of 22 is 100%. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you said masks because, like, all the oh. COVID crap. No. Because your, your, your next line. Mask off. Your, the next line in your note says it. The next line in your note says COVID. So I thought you were doing a mask joke. Oh, sorry. All right. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, Matt Prater. Um, Besides that, not much else action. Uh, Traquan Smith got kind of banged up. Looks like he's going to be okay. Uh, Yeah, that's pretty much it for Built by UCF Update. All right, guys. It's time for our favorite segment. I'm excited for this one. Money Moves! Picks of the Week. 3-0. 3-0. and LF go! Woo! <laughs> what a week we had two weeks ago now since of the bye week. My first 3-0 and week of the year, I knew it was coming. And of course, I hit the parlay. So we were feeling good. We had all three games win. BYU, easy winner. Rutgers, easy winner. I'm sorry, BYU over Boise State, easy winner. Rutgers over Ohio State, easy winner. And Arkansas over Tennessee, another easy winner. So, you know, I had to follow up, I had to follow up my uh, 3-0 and week with probably the second worst loss that I've had of the entire season. Yes, I told everyone to bet on the University of South Florida. <laughs> Yeah, what was what was that? What were you thinking? <laughs> Look, I saw I watched their whole game the week before. I thought their quarterback Noah Johnson, you know, their dude, their quarterback, their other quarterback McLeod is so bad. So bad. Like I mean, the rest of their team. Horrible. And of course, like 15 minutes before the game starts, they say, oh, half the team is out due to COVID, including Noah Johnson. So I'm like, oh, there goes the whole handicap. Dope. So, of course, who do they put back in? McLeod. So and wait, I'm like, all wait, right, well. Wait a sec. So is this an official money move pick or not? I mean, I tweeted it out as an official money move pick. So I'm All right, you know it. what? So props to you for sticking to kind of the safe side of the picks. Like, you you know what? No matter what circumstances, even though it wasn't said on the podcast, you're still going to take the L. Mad respect to you, Money Moo. 
Look, so it is what it is, and it was it played out pretty much like the Navy <laughs> BYU game. Uh, the first from the beginning of the year, the first drive, Houston scores three plays, like forty seconds, and I'm just like, okay, this isn't going to get any better. USF USF didn't cross midfield until like halfway through the third quarter. <laughs> it continued to get worse and worse <laughs> and worse. Surprisingly, near the fourth quarter, we came very close. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Careful when you say we. USF came very close to uh, a little backdoor cover. So they were down 28. Oh, no, I'm sorry. They were down 35. And that's it. (laughs) They were down 35. Well, we had plus 14. They were down 35. They scored. So they were down 28, and then the very next play, they had a pick six. Oh, all of a sudden, so one, like, one score all of a spread sudden, game. We're one score away from hitting the spread. So uh, I no. started to feel a little, a little life. A little saucy. And uh, no. Then uh, no, Houston no, scored no, two no. more times, and it was over. All right, that's enough so talk. Anyway, that's that's that way more USF talk than this podcast deserves. All right, what do we have this week? I'm very excited for your picks, especially after you went 3-0. and So quickly, that brings a total season total to 10-8-1. Still on the good side of winning. I like it. I like it. All right, got two picks this week. The first pick we're going to go with. The Kentucky Wildcats plus 31 against Alabama. Yes, the game is at Alabama. And yes, I just picked Kentucky against the number one team, Alabama. However, this season. (laughs) I'm like, where are you going with this, buddy? (laughs) In the season of COVID, this will actually be the third time that I've picked a 30 plus point underdog. And so far this year, I'm 2-0. and Okay. All right. Kentucky has a surprisingly good defense, and they really only run the ball. Their quarterback, Terry Bowden, kind of a dual-threat guy, wildcat guy. You know, he doesn't really throw the ball that much. His average attempts per game is like 15 or 16. So that's good. Low clock, turn, low turnover risk. Low low turnover risk. Clock is always running. Clock management, control. Alabama, you know, field position. Alabama looking ahead to Auburn. You know, last week too, Kentucky. It was one of their highest scoring games of the year against Vanderbilt. Only won by three. Vanderbilt's horrible, but their previous four games, the totals have gone under, under, under. You know, this should be a lower scoring game. And with the total only being 58, you know, give me the team that's getting 31 points, even for a backdoor cover. This has worked twice before this year. I'm going to hit it again with a 30 plus point underdog. Kentucky plus 31. Send it. All right, let's roll with the Wildcats. So what's your next pick? All right, my next pick. I'm I've debated a lot about this one and I'm going to give the blessing of taking the UCF Knights. No. 
Now the official pick. You've never lost with an official UCF pick. Six and zero. Am I wrong? We're six and zero with official UCF picks. Now the official pick will be the line plus five and a half. I'm betting the house. Hold on. Pause the show. I'm betting the house. All right. Keep going. I can. I can multitask. We didn't come all this way just to cover the spread as a dog. So I'm telling you guys, if you want to put any money on UCF this week, send it on the money line. Money line moo. Explain. (laughs) Money line moo. Explain why. Look, I know the game doesn't. Some people want to say the game doesn't mean as much since we had a couple of losses. No, it means everything. Been. This would have been a two top 10 teams and could have been a playoff game, play in game to the playoff. But even before that, this date has been circled. The defense has been clicking right when we need them to. Ever since the Houston game, everyone seems to be gelling. The communication is good. The turnover, the takeaways are still there. Penalties. Penalty. What, what penalties? What penalties? Penalties down. Huge. I think we only had six penalties all game against Temple. Dude, I just put a thousand bucks on us. Let's go. <laughs> Look, what were the gripes the whole first half of the year? Penalties. The defense. defense. What's been clicking the last two games? Defense and not penalties. Okay. So maybe, just maybe, we actually figured it out on that side of the ball. Finally, Cincinnati, you have to respect, and I hate saying this, you have to respect their defense. You have to respect Desmond Ritter. But I think the game is going to be lower scoring, just like it was last year. It's going to be tit for tat, haymakers upon haymakers from both teams. And I think it comes down, again, to a late field goal, I think it's up to Cincinnati. I think the pressure will be on Cincinnati. There's already been too much pressure on Ovarski. He can't handle anymore. So I think UCF is going to be up 31-28. Cincinnati drives late and has a 40-yard field goal. Blocked by Montalvo. Right down the pipe and missed or blocked by UCF. That's the official prediction. So the official money move pick, putting the 6-0 undefeated record on the line, UCF plus 5.5, but I'm telling you, go money line. So you think we win. Uh, the over-under 63.5, how do you feel about that? I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, uh, a lower-scoring well, game. You just I said 31-28, which would be 59. 59. So yeah, yeah, you're an under guy. I don't see this being a shootout at all, like the Memphis game. I could also uh, see it be being a huge dude, surprise. I could, I could see it being like a hundred, though. At the same time, nah, there's there's no way. So, Both of our defenses are playing too good right now. I just put five hundred on the money line, five hundred on plus five and a half. <laughs> Let's go, baby. I mean, do what you got to do, but I, I'm telling you guys, uh, I think we got this one, and. I, Revenge look, game. I don't put, our I don't house. Putting, I didn't have to put my record on the line for this, but six and zero oh, when picking the Knights. 
and we're two and five against the spread this year. Revenge I mean, game. This isn't like I'm just betting UCF on all the wins. Our like, house. This is I personal. I only pick UCF when I truly believe we have a good shot. So, but for them, it's a college game day <laughs> revenge game. Just saying. Yeah. So double, triple, quadruple revenge. I don't know. It's going down. <laughs> it's going to be a great game. Look, all I can line. say, and uh, we'll wrap up the show later, but please, if you have, if you can go, go. If you're in like a hundred mile radius, go. The tickets are cheap. <laughs> go, please go. We need you. Remember we started off the last game with two false starts, the crowd assists. We need that kind of energy. These boys need us. They need our support. They're sacrificing for us. And the least you can do is go out there and support them this Saturday. All right. So with that being said, let's Let's get get that that money. money. Oh, man. I just just lost a (laughs) bunch of money. (laughs) No, I'm good. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. We're totally fine. All right. Last up, we've got Moose Mailbag. All right, guys. Moose Mailbag. This first question is from MD Knight 2016. What would be a juicier end of the year outcome? UCF destroying the dreams of Cincinnati's undefeated run or Cincinnati going undefeated and feeling the cold that UCF felt in 17 and 18 being left out. Whoa, this is a This is a loaded question. This is a good question. It's a great man. question. So, I've actually thought about this cuz some fa- some some idiots that Facebook group is filled with the biggest morons. Uh, sorry. Not intelligent people, whatever. That Facebook group well, people are saying that we should actually purposely lose to Cincy, whatever. No, we shouldn't do that. But I get it, though, because this could be the group of five chance, the Americans' chance at a playoff if they beat us and win out and get left out. It's like, hey, we need to expand to eight. I get that. But at the end of the day, I'd rather be the disruptor. Okay, this is a team that took us out of NY6 contention last year. This is a team that was an underdog last year and beat us. And this is a team that we beat the brakes off on national television on ABC two years ago. They are hungry for revenge. They are not going to bend over and we need to show up and beat the crap out of them. In my opinion. A thousand percent. Couldn't agree more. If I want, if if we end up not winning this game, sure, that's I'll fine. Root for that's Cincinnati. fine. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. But I'm not gonna root against us. No. And to anyone who says we should purposely lose this game, you're not a real fan. Absolutely not. Not a real. F- your uh, your fan uh, ID card has been revoked. This is one season where we're off our game. One season where Cincinnati puts together an undefeated season. But not only that. Think this ab- is our conference. Think about this, though. If Cincinnati loses one of those stupid games that they could have lost earlier in the year, 
This game has no significance. It doesn't mean anything. We are lucky to have a game of such significance in our own home in the bounce house. If Cincinnati had lost any of those games, we would have nothing to look forward to this year. Oh, what? One and seven USF on the road with half their team out with COVID? No. Cincinnati, who might be like, what, six and one, maybe ranked in the top 20? No. Instead, we get to knock off a top 10 team for the first time in the bounce house, shake up the playoff, and the question will always remain, would they have made the playoff if they didn't lose to UCF? We get to be a part of that, and I can't be more excited for it. Got to breathe after that last rant. I got very, very into it. Yeah. (laughs) All right, this next one's from Dr. Cologne. Do you think Trey Nixon plays this Saturday? It'll be eight weeks since his collarbone injury on September 19th against Georgia Tech. Google says collarbones take six to eight weeks. Very interesting that someone with doctor in their name (laughs) is using Google as a reference for collarbone. I'm sorry, Dr. Cologne. I don't know. Maybe he's in med school or something. Well, you should probably still know that. I don't know, man. It takes six to eight weeks. His bio's in Spanish. I don't know. Maybe he just knows, like, what kind of, you know, uh, cologne to spray before a I'm date. Sorry. <laughs> that was a good laugh. <laughs> anyway, uh, maybe we should answer his question and quit being dicks. Uh, so I don't know. There, there was some people who thought he was going to come back last week. I would think that at this point in the season, just my opinion, you know, we really don't need him. I mean, it's as sad as that is, I, whoa, I don't whoa, really whoa, whoa, see whoa, whoa. with the emergence of Ryan O'Keefe in, in Nixon's absence, you know, Nixon is, I think, a junior. Is he a junior or a senior? Either I, way. I don't know what anyone is because there's like three free bonus years for anyone. But look, we don't need Nixon, but he wouldn't hurt us is what I'll say. Well, of course. I wish there's no reason to rush him back. I agree. All right. Next question is from me, the weekly why. Why are you now 0-10 in fantasy? Am I really 0-10? <laughs> yes. Don't act surprised. You set your lineup every week. I don't even check that league. That's bad. Stop with the excuses. Uh, that's that's terrible. You know what's funny? I've spent all of the fantasy dues. <laughs> Great. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, kind of, but I guess you gotta. You better put it on UCF money line this week. <laughs> <laughs> Was that our league that one year where we were like, "Yo, should we put all the money in Bitcoin?" And then went up like three times. No, I think that was a different league. All right. Anyway, next question. Hold on. A, a hot girl is texting me to come over. All right. Well, the quicker we get this done, I know, I know, but I have to I have to respond. Um. All right. Next question from Danny Medina. Very important question. Over under on how many seltzers you will be consuming on Saturday afternoon. Response from Emily Bannister. The people need to know. Response from Nick Pontef. 
Better question is how many will he spill? Another response from Danny, a plot twist. All right, a lot going on there. But I do think you spill more things than you actually consume. So, What was my original college nickname? McSpilly. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you know, the more things change, the more things stay the same. And Sean spilling, li- <laughs> spilling alcohol will never change. All right, next question. This one's from... Andrew, do you think Parker Boudreaux is holding out for the NFL? Ooh, this is actually a good question. So, um, slightly before an incident that happened at the Memphis game, I was actually talking to his parents, and this was the first game Parker was cleared through concussion protocol to play and suit up in the game. And he had only played like one play, which seemed like a surprise to his parents. So I don't know what's going on with him. I don't think it's on purpose. He's he's a baller. He he likes to smush people on the ground. He wants to play. So I don't know what's going on, if it's injury or if it's maybe someone took his spot while he was hurt. I really don't know, but if I had to guess, I would say it's not on his own will that he's not getting playing time, which, you know, is interesting. I don't know. What do you think, Lou? Uh, I mean, it's kind of a mystery. You know, offensive line has been playing pretty well this season, despite his absence for most of Mm -hmm. the... Yeah, besides like 50 penalties the first two weeks. (laughs) Look, we, we got that cleaned up, so... Anyway, you know, I don't know. Um, do I think he's NFL ready? Honestly, no. I think the most NFL ready offensive line lineman that we have is Cole Schneider. Schneider. Easy, yeah. Unfortunately, I think Cole is going to declare for the draft after the season. Just personal opinion. No, um, I don't. I don't think so. I do think he's ready, though. I, he is. But the problem is, is he hasn't gotten enough exposure, and COVID's limited that even more for group of five schools. We didn't get our good out-of-conference games like we normally do. And honestly, you want to hear a real hot take? Cole Schneider's regressed during this whole new coaching staff since Scott left. Frost. His best year was under the old coaching staff. And I might be wrong, but... That's just kind of what I'm seeing. I wouldn't consider that a hot take. I consider it a poor take. Okay. And I think regress well, is... I'd, I'd much rather be hot than poor, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> regress isn't the right word. Actually, if you're hot, you can't be poor. <laughs> Get it? I would say, you know, there was a lot of hype coming around, around Cole after his freshman year. Wait, hype? And- or like... H-Y-P-E. Well, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of hype. Uh, after I was like, yeah, the, the coach was around him a lot. You know, first team all-conference. As a freshman, you know, you start to get talked about a lot more. Um, you dye the I hair. I mean, the hair is always a different color. He, he shaved it off shaved recently, head. though, yeah. Yeah, he shaved head now. New beginnings. But, uh... Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that, but the question, do you think Parker's holding out for the NFL? 
No. No, no. This is a coaching and I don't want I don't mean this in a bad way to Parker, but this has the like the smellings of a Tristan Hill situation with like a coaching and player Ooh. not getting along because Parker is clearly one of the most talented players on our team and the fact that he's not even sniffing the field at all I don't know. I don't Do you know. see this as a trend with hype and like other players? Could this, you know, be the reason why, like, for instance, I forgot who we were playing against, but uh, Otis Anderson. That's know, right. Stop playing at halftime. Yeah. Second half with no pads. Then he said he wasn't injured. So does Hypo like to like put kids in timeout? And it's interesting. I don't know. What, and and it's and it's interesting because, you know, I get that if he's a disciplinarian type coach, then that would make sense. Then why do we have players going out to house parties carrying guns at three a.m. the day before travel day? Clearly, your disciplinarian type coaching isn't working. People, yeah. people. That's not me. People are saying that. By the valid way, valid point. People are valid saying valid point. I don't know. Um, and actually, by the way, we know nothing. We just watch football and like to have fun. So, <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. last question. Uh, the last one I see is oh, all right. Last one from Roger Goyette. Can hype on the coaches make a solid sixty-minute game plan to beat Cincy? Do you think he has any new plays schemed up for this game that we haven't seen before? Great question, Roger. Really great. Uh, I'll answer the first one. He hasn't shown me that we can win the big game. I'm sorry. It just it hasn't happened yet. We can't win the big game. Can't win the close game. Can't win the away game. Well, you know. Can't win the rivalry game. Cincinnati in 2018 was a big game. Memphis Conference Championship was a big game. Um, That's true. That's true. You know, it just between last year and this year, it's like he's just straight up been out coached. I think he's been out coached. What do you think? And what do you think he's got up his sleeve for this game? Say we're down. Say, I hope something. Say we're say we're down 17 with like. Ten minutes left in the fourth. That's three scores. Desperation mode. We're on like a, I don't know, fourth and 12. Do we have that fake punt? You know, the little Osteen flipperuski or something? The razzle-dazzle? I don't know. I hope so. I mean, have we really needed that, though? No, but it it should exist, though. Maybe it does. Or does we just it, haven't needed it. Or if it's, you know, 4th and 12, 4th and 18, we just roll, throw Dylan out there and just do a little whoop-de-doo to Marlon like we normally do. Who needs a razzle-dazzle? So yeah. Yeah, I, no, I don't know. Like I said, some new plays schemed up for the game. Give me some more of that Jalen Robinson in motion uh, that Big went flash. for 70 yards. Big like, flash. Why are we not doing that more? Or anything different than running up the middle. So, okay. So, two separate times during this game, I went to tweet 
do we have any other run plays and just run it up the middle? And both times, the next play, we handed it off and scored a touchdown. I swear, I swear on my dog's life, were the most important things in my in my entire life, that we ran it up the middle when there was clearly nothing there. I had the tweet typed out, and then the next play, it was it was the first two touchdowns of the game, and I was like. Uh, I probably shouldn't hit tweet on this because we just scored. But seriously, do we have any other run plays and run it up the middle? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll find out, I guess, on Saturday. Yeah. Okay. But the um, talent is there. The talent, the talent is, there. is there. I think if you put our men against their men, there's no doubt that our team is more talented. So... We just need to go out there, win one for the Gipper, win one for the Moo. Support these boys, though. Seriously, we've been through so much this season. Man, it would forget, you know, at the beginning of the year, we're talking about the playoff and and this and that and MY6, and now none of that matters. But you know what we can do? We can ruin someone else's season. We can put them through the misery that we've been put through all year. And get revenge on a game that we should have won last year, and I can't wait for it. No matter what the outcome of the game is, too, by the way. I know next week, if we lose, I'm going to be super pissed, and we will have a very long discussion about it. (laughs) But there should be no... I mean, it's COVID year. It really doesn't count. We still need to go out there. It does count. It It counts if we win, not if we lose. It counts exactly. (laughs) <laughs> like this whole year really hasn't counted unless we win. Right. So anyway, we'll wrap this up. A couple other big top 25 games this week. We have number nine, Indiana surprise of the season so far, in my opinion. Uh, number nine, Indiana yeah, against what? number three, number three, Ohio state. We have number 10, Wisconsin against 19 Northwestern. And number 14, Oklahoma State against number 18, Oklahoma. Yeah, some uh, good Big Ten games coming. Uh, Nebraska had a big blowout recently. Oh, more importantly, we've got the Give Kids a Christmas annual toy drive. This is something that really means near and dear to me. Started by Anthony Roberson and Jordan Johnson former UCF players. Um, They're going to be doing a toy collection two hours before and after the game. Please bring unwrapped toys to the disability parking lot next to the Carl Black and Gold Cabana entrance. There will be representatives there for a contactless toy drop-off. And for other drop-off locations and pickup information, hit up Chad Bar Law. Uh, their office number is 407-599-9036. Look, guys, these kids were like 19 when they started this, and they were able to raise thousands and thousands of toys for kids in need for Christmas, kids that wouldn't get Christmas presents normally. And this is something really cool, and they're continuing to do it in UCF's name. They don't even play for us anymore. Roberson transferred. Um, So this is a really cool thing they're doing to give back. 
buy a toy, donate it, or just you can hit them up on social media. Send them 10 or 20 bucks Venmo and they'll buy something for you. This is such a cool thing. And, you know, just thinking that, you know, two seconds of your life can make a kid's entire day by donating a toy is a really, really cool thing. And it puts everything in perspective. Like we're whining here about masks and COVID and rankings and whatever. And there's kids that aren't even going to have a good Christmas. And we have the possibility to change that, and that's very cool. And uh, really, really proud of these guys representing UCF very, very well by organizing um, this this toy drive. Yeah, I know you're a big Christmas guy, so oh, you definitely got to make sure. And dude, my wreath was up like the day after thanks or <laughs> the day after Halloween, November first. Trees up too. <laughs> well, you know the wife. The wife is big into Christmas, so I had to put the tree up last weekend. Got to. So it's good. It fills out the house, you know. Got to. Got to. Uh, anything else? Game plans? Like I said, I'll be coming from a wedding. Um, eh, maybe I'll wear a suit to the game. Who knows? Depends on how the wedding hey. goes. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, rest of college. Make sure football. if you haven't. Make sure if you have not yet. To follow us on Twitter and or Instagram to make sure that you can enter to win every game. We do a $25 first watch gift card giveaway. If you pick the first UCF touchdown score and then also pick how long the touchdown is going to be, that's how we do the tiebreaker. So a couple people messaged me on Facebook that they heard about the contest and they wanted to get in. They don't have a Twitter, so follow us on Instagram. Um, maybe we can get something going on Facebook. Last week we had the rec- we had a record number of entrants. I think it was like 120 or something. 127 so, entrants, insane. Yeah, and I didn't even do. To go. I didn't even do Instagram anymore because it takes us so long to go through all the entries. <laughs> but I love giving away the gift cards. Uh, First watch, with $25, you can get a two-for-move for each person in one of those kale drink things. It's, <laughs> you can't kale, beat it. Big kale drink guy. Yeah. So, yeah. So. En- enter the uh, the first watch. Enter the first watch. Fresh take. Go to the game. Wear a mask. Social distance. Beat Cincinnati. Be loud. Let's freaking go. Go nuts. Charge on.
something they shot. Mm-hmm.